this life journey that we're on, this path, it's not a straight line. It's very much a spiral. And we keep coming back to things where we thought we knew the answers and we keep getting tested to see if we really true. But each time we get tested, we find we see deeper truths, not only about others, but mostly about ourselves. And I remember that moment when I was diagnosed with cancer in 2015. I finally, I just looked up to the Appreciate who you are. A warm welcome to Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life stories. Today's guest empowers individuals and organizations to embrace change and move confidently ahead despite the challenges and critics. Kevin Cahill has risen to the top and also faced some challenges that changed the trajectory of his life and career. He will be sharing all that with us today as well as how to make a successful comeback after a fall. Hello, Kevin, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. It's a delight to have you on um, our podcast today. Can you give us a brief background of who Kevin is, where he comes from, stuff like that, um, before we set the ball rolling? Who Kevin is, uh, today my answer is a very proud father. I have a 15-year-old son, almost 16. Um, well, I guess no, 14, almost 15. We're uh, we're in the middle of hockey tryouts, and it's the U16 team. So I forget that he's not that age yet. Yeah. Um, I'm a partner, and at the same time, I'm a son. And although my parents are not alive anymore, um, I consider still consider myself. Uh, to be their son, obviously, and know that they're here with me. And it's been a, an interesting journey to get to this point. I think about the, the sitcom, The Golden Girls, right? Sophia, the grandmother, would always say, picture it, Sicily, 1934. And, and I think about my journey, and my journey really started long before I was born. Um, a defining moment in my, my life journey Two and a half years before I was born, my father, in a drunken rage, tried to kill my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had her on the countertop strangling her, and it was my older brother, my oldest brother, who headbutted him out of the house and locked the door. Uh, in essence, saved my mm-hmm. mom's life. But in that moment was a crucial turning point because my father never drank again. Mm. My father joined Alcoholics Anonymous um, and was sober for the entire time that I was alive. Mom and dad repaired their relationship and two and a half years after that moment, I was born. Um, Surprise, uh, unexpected, 15 years younger than my siblings. And I grew up in a very different time. I grew up in a world that I never saw my father drink. But at the same time, there was that intergenerational transfer of trauma that although my oldest brothers, you know, saved my mom's life, he then went on a journey of addiction and mental health challenges. And so I was born. Uh, three years after I was born, my father was an elevator mechanic and uh, elevator brake let go and he was crushed by an elevator. So he was disabled for my entire life mm-hmm. and for the rest of his. So I grew up with a stay-at-home dad. I grew up with um, uh, an incredible role model that I never really understood until he passed away. And I grew up, I was... Um, bullied. I grew up as a fat kid with a stutter. And in my late teens, you know, I wanted to create a new life. And I moved away for university. I moved, you know, five hours away from my family, from my school, my community, because I didn't want to be anything like 
my father, and I didn't want to be anything like that kid who was bullied. I remember uh, hearing a, a speaker talk about overcoming, overcoming a stutter, and he practiced and he wanted to become a motivational speaker. And, and I heard this person speak on the stage in, when I was about 19, 20 years old, and he could go for an hour and a half on stage. You would never notice he had a stutter. But after the speech, he very much still had that stutter. So I took a job at a, a tour guide job at a, a local, they call it African Lion Safari, a summer attraction for the kids especially. And I gave tours for eight hours a day for four months, and I overcame my stutter. And I got into the financial world. I was living a, a great life um, focused on wealth and material rewards but then the universe has its way the universe has its way of correcting you on a different path and I say that the, the universe is going to whisper in your ear and if you don't pay attention to that whisper it will nudge you in a different direction yeah. and if you don't pay attention to the nudge eventually it becomes the silent sledgehammer over the head so much like the story of the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy along the yellow brick road mm -hmm. for a good period of 10 years of my adult life I was along a path along a life journey where the universe kept nudging me and knocking me and and facing me with various trials and tribulations um, to get me to where I am now and it was not a path that I would wish on my worst enemy yeah. but at the same time I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because that is what shaped me to be who I am today. Take us through the details of how successful you were and what happened to where you are now. Um, when I left university, when I graduated university, I went into medical sales. I was making six figures a year with a company car and an expense account and Life was amazing. One of the first nudges was um, my father-in-law passing away. And ironically, my father-in-law passed away on the same day that I decided to leave medical sales and go into the financial world. Mm -hmm. And I went into the financial world and here I was making multiple six figures a day, a year. I had a, a large staff and, and along the, that path, there were so many different things. Uh, my mom passed away uh, in 2005. She actually had a massive heart attack while on vacation. And I look back, and that was probably the, the one universal whisper, the universal nudge. And, and to me, you know, I don't care whether it's referred to as God or divine or the spirit or nature or the universe. To me, they're all the same. And mom was, uh, her story was so powerful. And when she passed away, her passing was incredibly spiritual. It, you know, mom, little backstory on my mom. Uh, she was given up for adoption as a child. Um, she spent most of her adult life trying to search out for who her birth mother was. Mm -hmm. um, she found out who her birth mother was, unfortunately, after her birth mother had already passed away. But that brought her peace, that brought her a sense of knowing who she was. And it's interesting, right, as I think about Oprah, uh, she comments that all we ever want in this world is to know that we are seen and know that we are heard. And individuals that are given up for adoption, when they find that out, there's that sense of loss within them. So mom uh, retired early, she wanted to enjoy life, she loved Ireland uh, because she didn't have a heritage herself. She loved going to Ireland. That was my father's heritage. And she passed away at her most favorite place on earth, Bunratty Castle, for the medieval dinner. She had been there probably 10 times already. And she had a massive heart attack and died at the dinner. Wow. And that was a lesson really that life is precious. Life yeah. is a gift. Yeah. Um, you never know. You can't uh, 
dictate. You can't predict what other people are going to do. If you're going to be abandoned or, or left to fend for yourself, but all you can do is appreciate that what you have. So mom's passing in 2005, I was in the, the, the beginning of my financial career. I didn't pay attention to that crucial whisper that the universe was trying to tell me. And then I went through a number of, of things over the next five to six years. There was a, a public shaming. I was uh, diagnosed with cancer myself. Uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer, subsequently died. Um, and then in 2013, I fell and hit my head on concrete and was left reeling with severe post-concussion syndrome. Even to this day, we're nine years later, and every day I have a massive headache, I have tinnitus in my ear, and although that I could you know, play the poor me card or, or stay in bed and, and say, why me? Uh, it's a gift, it's a yeah. reminder, and I, I thank that headache every day. Yeah. Because when the headache gets so severe, it's that reminder that I just need to rest, yeah. I need to recover, yeah. and I need to really, truly uh, focus on myself and focus on being present. And all of those things along the way, I guess some people would say I'm a slow learner. Uh, each of those things was a lesson. And this life journey that we're on, this path, it's not a straight line. It's very much a spiral, and we keep coming back to things where we thought we knew the answers, and we keep getting tested to see if we really true, but each yeah. time we get tested, we find, we see deeper truths, yeah. not only about others, yeah. but mostly about ourselves. Yeah. And I remember that moment when I was diagnosed with cancer in 2015, I finally, I just looked up to the heavens and say, I get it, yeah. I understand, I'm paying attention. I surrender to your will. Yeah. Guide me mm. from here on in. Yeah. I'm going to stop getting in my own way, and I'm going to allow yeah. whatever the universe is going to provide me. Wow. As you were telling the story, um, I'm beginning to get something else. You know, we've done this recording before for some reason. It didn't come out right and at that time when you told the story i got a different perception about it it's like the same thing but in different dimensions and as you were telling the story i gathered that sometimes we follow our dreams we want to be rich we want to be successful we want to be able to do this that that, that. because a number of people i can confidently say a number of people have come on this podcast and they started off with the same vision as everyone would want. I want to be rich. Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants that, wants that. But after a while, when we've, we've gotten all that, we still realize that we've not had enough. Like that is it. That isn't it. It isn't that we want more money. No, because we have more money, but it's not giving us the peace. It's not giving us the little extra something that we need and that isn't money that will give that to us so a number of times people have come on the podcast and they have said i had it all but at a point i just had to let it go because it wasn't giving me what i really wanted and then you see they would have moved off to do something else like i think a couple of weeks back or more about a month ago there was this woman who came on she she said her business was a multi-dollar business and multi-million dollar business and then finally she just had to move away from that to start working in the prisons and working with youth in the prisons try to prevent them from going there helping them to pick up their education to read and to do something for themselves so and that is what is actually giving her fulfillment because she sees that she's helping save life and that alone gives fulfillment so it looks like sometimes when we are growing up or when we are very young, when we are in our prime, we are enthusiastic about making a lot of money. But then when we've made all the money, we still feel that something is missing. And then we start looking for that peace, that inner peace, that thing that gives us inner peace, which is in money. And I was getting that from your story, as you were saying. And I was beginning to link up with the other stories that I've heard on the podcast. And it's making so much sense. I don't know if I'm right. If you make, if I'm making sense. No, a hundred percent. And you know, there's so much. Uh, I, I love this, the the story of the Wizard of Oz, and 
there's so many elements of that movie, of that book, that, you know, along the path of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey or the dark night of the soul, right? Even Dorothy, she gets to the end of the yellow brick road and she meets the wizard, but only to discover that the the wizard uh, in itself is um, smoke and mirrors. Mm. It's a, mm. a myth. It's a mm. fairy tale. Mm. There's nothing of substance yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But the journey, really, the the the, the journey is the destination, mm. right? And and that's so many stories around the world, right? The the great stories are I had it all, and then I lost it, and now I'm joyful or i'm living a life of bliss and i love meeting people because for me i can always tell uh usually where a person is on their journey you know the the individuals that are are quiet and peaceful and they have an aura about them i just know that they've gone through hell and they've come out the other side and they've seen the gutter Mm. They've, they've probably been in the gutters of life where they've learned more about themselves and they've learned more about other people and they've come out softer, right? They've come out with a more loving presence, with a more peaceful presence. And that, that again, back to the Wizard of Oz, that was Dorothy is she had this destination of going home, going home, going home. But what does the witch tell her, the good witch? You know, you always had the ability to go home. But yeah. what she had to do in order to get home is be confronted with the worst parts of herself, yeah. right? The, the scarecrow, the part that had no courage, mm. The, mm. the tin man, mm. the part that had no heart, the uh, cowardly lion, or no, the scarecrow was the brain, the cowardly lion was the courage, right? So she had to meet her own insecurities yeah. and really face her own darkness in order to find the gift to go home. And I think, you know, we're all put on this earth to learn a lesson and we're going to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again until we learn the lesson. Yeah. And then once we learn the lesson, you know, it seems so simple, but it was so difficult in that time. Right. And I remember, um, for most people, right, the 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 marriage, the divorce was a disaster, mm-hmm. but because of it, I met this person. Yeah. Or you know that accident almost claimed my life, but now I'm in this place. Yeah. And in my uh, financial career, near the end of it, I was working mostly with uh, usually women leaving abusive situations, whether it was a marriage or. A cohabitation situation mm-hmm. that was my my specialty in the financial world and what I came to learn is that you know that the partner that they were with was exactly like every single failed relationship they had ever had mm-hmm. but mostly it was also like you know the, their mother's failed relationships their grandmother's failed relationships right this this concept of intergenerational yeah. transfer of trauma mm. just keeps going and yeah. until we learn the lesson or until we learn to deal with our own trauma and our own issues and our own sorrows we keep passing it on wow. and i see with my son uh there's so many times over his life where whatever he's battling or whatever he is challenging with. And there's one thing right now, uh, and it's, I think about the interview we gave on earlier this week and and now we're talking today. And I know my energy is completely different because of what my son is, is struggling with right now. And it's that realization that what my son is struggling with right now is the same thing that I'm still struggling with. Mm. And we're all, no one gets out of this world without struggle, without challenges. And even the, the greatest gurus of our day, right? The Eckhart Tolle's or, or um, uh, you know, previously with Mahatma Gandhi or, mm-hmm. or um, uh, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. right? Even though we look at them as being these, these incredible individuals, yeah. they still have Not moments of sadness. Exactly. They still have moments of pain. Yeah. They still have moments of sorrow. Yeah. And... 
I think that is the one thing that our, our culture, we don't embrace the darkness. Mm. We haven't learned how to accept yeah. pain yeah. and invite pain in mm. because all of the messages in our world, they just tell us to put a Band-Aid on it or put duct tape on it or, yeah. you know, uh, a piece out watching Netflix or, or go to the bar mm. and have, you know, a bunch of drinks or, yeah. or whatever the case is, we're all about numbing our pain where I've learned sitting with your pain and having a conversation with your pain is the only way to get through your pain. I like that. That's well said. That's very well said. How did these challenges affect your life, Kevin? Massively. You know, you can't... Um... There's a story that actually just came into my head. Okay. Uh, there's a speaker that I heard... I haven't thought about this story in probably 15 years, mm -hmm. and it's probably been about 20 years since I heard this speaker. Mm -hmm. He talked about... Um, the story of a, a mother and a daughter and, and the young girl, maybe about five years old, was late coming home. And uh, the mother asked her, why were you late coming home? And she said, you know, I was walking home with my friend and she dropped uh, her porcelain doll and it broke into a million pieces. And so the mom got really upset of why were you so focused on, on the broken doll? And the, the daughter said, well, I wasn't focused on the broken doll but I was there to hold her while she cried. And that's really been my journey. Every, much like the, the fairy tale of Humpty Dumpty, uh, who sat on the wall. Yeah. Every part, every challenge, every trauma, every setback, it broke me open. And it broke me into pieces. And when I, I thought that I couldn't be broken anymore, I was broken again, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I was completely shattered and completely broken open that that's when the light finally came in. Yeah. And there was a couple of moments for me when I'm, um, when I feel like I'm at my wits end, mm -hmm. I usually find myself going to the water, going to the beach, uh, Napoleon Hill in one of his uh, lectures when he was a, a professor or a lecturer at a university, he said, write your sands in the, or write your thoughts in the sands of the sea and let the waves carry them away. And there were two really instrumental parts. And one was me writing, and I, I wrote, stop searching for God. And that was an incredible lesson for me. I think it came in, in 2000 and um, early 2015. <laughs> because I had spent so much time trying to find God and trying to find the divine that once I stopped searching, I feel like I was found. Yeah. But then another moment I was writing and I wrote, God is waiting in the shadows. Yeah. And that was a, a brilliant uh, highlight for me yeah. that you know so many times when there's tr uh, disasters around the world and and you know we see children dying or countries getting bombed and you know that the non-believers first question will say how could god allow this to happen okay. yeah but i learned that god is there in the darkness in the uh, the shadows is in the trauma with us yeah waiting for us to realize that suffering is a part of life yeah suffering is uh, we, we don't get out of this world alive we don't get out of this world without dying and so through my journey it left me you know I think about my headaches the tinnitus the bankruptcy those things are scars that yeah. I'll never be able to uh, go past. Yeah. They're always part. And so rather than running away, I learned that my gift is inside my pain. Yeah. And it, you know, with my cancer, 
the the 12-inch scar that I see every day is that constant reminder that suffering is the admission to this journey of life. And no one wants to hear that. No one wants to, you know, when they, when the the marriage falls apart Mm -hmm. or they, they lose everything, no one wants to hear that that is what is ahead of them. But when I hear someone tell me, you know, whatever their challenge is, my first thought in my head is, I am so excited for what you are going to create out of this. Because that is all the great stories on earth. They all started with everything was going so well and then I lost it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I had um, another recording with a lady and I, I think as we talked a lot uh, on on the bit of motherhood and I was telling her that I used to live on a particular street and every time I pass on that street I remember because in that house where I lived I had gone through trauma and every time I pass by that house I just remember everything I've gone through and it's it's not a physical scar but it's a scar in my mind and all that but when I remember the good thing about it is when I remember what I do is I just praise God because in that house I lost my son in that house I nearly died so when I pass by and then I look at myself sometimes I look at myself in the mirror as I pass by and I thank God that I'm still on earth because so many things could have taken my life in the past two years back and I wouldn't be here so those are all scars like an example of not a physical scar but an example but I was telling the lady that when sometimes I believe that when we go through some of these things we remember where we are coming from and then we get to understand how we're able to come out of it and for me I just wherever I am if it's possible to go down on my knees and give thanks to God I do but it makes me know that there is a higher being who's always been with me even though I don't see him I always see his hands at work in my life because for the past 10 years it's just been him and I know that I couldn't have made it without him so every time I remember every time I look at my children I give him thanks because I was told I couldn't have children but I have two children I've lost a number of them but at least I still have two alive healthy children so when I look at them I give thanks so many things I look at I look around me and I know it's all him and those could be some of the scars you're talking about so like you're saying we go through pain but we are on earth we exist for a reason and we came on earth here because someone put us here anybody could be looking at it differently based on their beliefs but from my background as a christian i know i'd come here because someone put me here and whatever i do i always have to remember him and give him thanks because definitely he will not rain manna from heaven but he will give it through somebody to give it to you the same way so obviously my parents would have given birth to me somebody would have given me so it's from like that but he brought the first people and then it's been like that so i belong to a god i always have to remember to give him thanks for me so when i go through pain and all of that i know he's there for me because he put me here and he will not put me through trials that are too difficult for me to carry and when i feel they are too difficult and i go to him and i say help me go through this i was telling the lady yesterday that i I always tell god don't take those trials away from me because i know when i go through it there is a higher price for me in the end so i I definitely want to go through it it's difficult but what i'm saying is help me go through it so that i can get to the other side and get my reward that was what i was telling her so as you're talking those were the things that kept popping in my head and it's like you know every time we do a recording is like a continuation of something. I don't know if you're getting it because the other recording we did was a continuation of the previous story. And then yesterday, the recording I did with the lady is like, you know, another continuation of or little bits of things coming up from this one. I'm excited. We are talking about that, but what has been your source of strength? What gave you hope and the edge to keep going and never give up? Well, and, and much like you just said, and, and I think about Oprah tells this story all the time of 
when she was struggling and Maya Angelou said to her, the only prayer you ever need is thank you. Thank you for everything that you've ever experienced because that has brought you to this moment. If it wasn't for all of those things, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here in the same uh, uh, dimension, same form. And I think about, you know, we're on this rock that has been hurtling through space for 13 point some odd billion years. And we are the culmination of every generation who has ever gone before us. Consciousness is evolving it. And I think um, when you asked me that question previously, there's a a number of answers, but the one that's really coming to me right now is that smallness that insignificantness mm-hmm. that we are. Mm-hmm. We are we are just but a speck yeah. in the continuation of yeah. civilization. We are stewards of this moment. Mm. Yeah. And the one thing that really got me through in my darkest days are, and I guess I would call them my silent, uh, um, silent uh, cheerleaders, the ones that I've never met, I probably never will because some of them are dead. The books on my shelves, the podcasts I listen to, uh, and the Bible. The Bible gave me incredible solace. And, and, and you know, I was uh, uh, born and raised Roman Catholic, and like all good Catholics, I fell away from the church in my early teens <laughs> only to have my spirituality reinvigorated when my father was diagnosed with cancer. And we lived five, six-hour drive apart. And I undertook to read the Bible every day for 365 days. Wow. And I read it cover to cover. I've actually done it a couple times since, from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelations. And every day, no matter what I read, it would give me, it would either leave me feeling happy or sad, hopeful or sorrowful. Um, it was such an incredible journey because there's so much wisdom written and really. The Bible is just a collection of stories yeah. written by 42 authors. They were real people in real yeah. times, yeah. having real experiences, yeah. collection of 66 different books, and obviously collected. You know, there's a lot of, of books of the Bible that were never included. But all of those writings, whether they're written 2,000 years ago or whether they're written today, they're all applicable, yeah. right? And I think about... Yeah. The story of, of uh, Job, one of my favorite books in the Bible, um, he goes on and he's basically lambasting God for where was he and why did you leave me and, you know, just nothing but lamentations. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the yeah. end, God basically says, where were you when I created the earth and when I made this master plan? You have no idea what you're talking about, so shut up. Yeah. And I think that is is so much... Uh, if we find the silence, and I learned that concept of through Don Miguel Ruiz, and, and I had the incredible pleasure for two years of studying directly under Eckhart Tolle, the silence between the thoughts yeah. is where the divine lives. Yeah. And we, you know, we're in this world where we're bombarded with fire hose of information, constantly messages and advertisement and and social media and everywhere we go but if we can find the silence yeah and whether it's finding the silence in our own homes yeah. or in nature yeah. or you know a lot of people will talk about you know their greatest ideas come to them when they're in the shower yeah but of course because you're being you're surrounded with the the basic molecule of life which is water and you've got nothing around you yeah so of course you're going to be uh, inspired in those moments. And finding hope, finding hope in the darkness, that was such a theme for me. I, I have a number of pictures still on my phone. I would go everywhere and I'd see hope, right? The words hope would be everywhere. I'd be, yeah. I'd go to give a, I remember this, I go to give a talk at a, a school and I'm in the library and there's a, a book on the shelf about finding hope. Um, and that really led me to where my my speaking and my writing is now and in uh, 2015 when I released my third book and I was diagnosed with cancer I took a 
uh, basically a two-year hiatus, but I kept writing. I kept journaling. I kept writing my thoughts, and I realized after that two years had passed that there was a, a rhythm, a cadence, a, a pattern yeah. to my thoughts, yeah. and it really is the pattern of life. It is the pattern of, in Canada, we're blessed with the four seasons where we have autumn and winter, spring, and then summer. Right now, we're, we're just on the cusp of spring yeah. where things are starting, new life is happening, the grass is green. I've got, I have to use the side door because I've got a robin's nest with three eggs outside my door, so I can't go outside the front door. But that is, is life. You know, yeah. in, in the fall of our lives, we are, are learning yeah. how do you prepare for change? How, how are you going to get through the winter months? Yeah. Because we are going to go through the winter months. Okay, yeah. What everything you've ever experienced in life is the raw material to get you through the darkness. And we are going to go through suffering. But how do you get through suffering? How do you get through the dark night of the soul? How do you get through the, the gutters of life? Because we're all going to be there. And the only way that I've found is to, to find joy in the suffering. It's sometimes when you're in the shit pile, it's the hardest thing to find, but it's so important to find, right? Is yes, that relationship fell apart, but yeah. yes, you got fired from that job, but there's always a but. There's always an other side. But one of the greatest mistakes that I know I made is once you find the joy in the suffering, you need to mature and you need to serve. Much like, right, our, our summers. Summers is really when the crops come to fruition, when you know we can harvest our crops, when we can reap what we sow. And it's so important to be able to pass that on to other people. And so, you know, I, I didn't hear about your challenges in your other home, yeah. but I can now when I finished our, our recording, my partner asked me, well, how did it go? And, you know, I, I described it was you know, a great conversation and I could just tell yeah. that the person on the other end of the Zoom call has been to the darkness, yeah. has been to the gutters because there's a softness that comes when you go through suffering, when you find the joy, but more importantly, when you mature and serve. And we all mature differently. Yeah. We all serve differently. But what I learned is that if you don't serve this thing called humanity, you will go right back into the darkness. Wow. You will go back in and you'll repeat the same mistakes. They might not, they might be different. They might look a little different. Yeah. They might have, you know, different colored hair, yeah. but the, the trauma is going to be the same. Yeah. And so I love interviews and, and conversations yeah. with people that, that technology, if we didn't have technology, we wouldn't have had this opportunity because it's in the serving and the sharing that someday, 20 years from now, someone will find this this recording and they'll listen, maybe they'll listen to five minutes or 10 minutes yeah. and they'll say, me too. Yeah. I lost a child. Yeah. I was told I could never have children. Yeah. And there's always an opportunity, a, a moment of, of grace and, and man, that word grace, grace and hope, yeah. those really are the, um, the, the ladders that allow us to move up levels, right? To, that allow us to get out of suffering, to allow us to move through grief, to move through despair, yeah. and somehow find love, somehow find joy, yeah. compassion, grace, um, hope. Yeah. Without them, you know, and, and we don't always have it inside of us. But it's the, the other people who have gone before us, yeah. that uh, message that, you know, you we've been there. We don't know what it's like for you, but we know that you're going to get through this. Exactly. I like, I, like the, um, I like the direction of the conversation. From what I'm gathering, it's like everybody is here on earth for a purpose, which we all know, but everybody's here to serve. So until you've discovered the channel of you being of service, you keep going through the lessons, which will be your trials, keep going through it until you are able to develop what it takes for you to serve. 
and then you begin to operate in that then you find peace and then you begin to enjoy yourself can one learn to love the life he or she was meant to live and embrace the process of change until an individual gets to that part of the journey where they say i surrender that they get out of their way yeah. and you know no matter what i say or what i do i've come to the realization that everyone is on their own journey yeah. uh, everyone is a teacher and everyone is a student yeah. and there there does come that moment and um I believe the, the uh, individual's name is Ainsley McLeod. I could be wrong on this one, but uh, he speaks to the concept of soul levels. And I'm a firm believer in energy. Everything is energy. Uh, and the, the basic principles of energy is nothing that can be created or destroyed. It just changes forms. So we are energy. We are uh, spiritual beings. Yeah having a physical experience yeah. and so it naturally contends that when this physical body is no longer that the energy that is me carries on right the, the buddhist concept of reincarnation and whether it's this lifetime or the next yeah. we all go through the challenges mm. And some people you find go through the challenges a little quicker than others. Yeah. And one might postulate that that's a, an older energy, mm -hmm. someone that's been here before, yeah. and they have to keep going through those lessons to get to where they need to be. And for the person that's struggling, it's not magical, right? There's no magic pill. There's no cure drug. There's no... Um, incredible relationship that is going to take them to finding joy and finding love because it's all an internal journey. Yeah. And we humans don't like uh, the process of change. Mm. I find that no one I speak to, it's interesting. When I was in the financial world, my specialties were death, disability, and divorce. Oh. And, uh, that's a great way to have someone on an airplane never talk to you mm. when you tell them that you specialize in death. <laughs> and, and similar to now, yeah. right? No one wants to. No one wants to talk about change. Yeah. Change is hard. People will go out of their ways to avoid change. Yeah. But it is the only constant in Earth, yeah. and everything in nature is telling us about change. Everything. You know, even the moon cycles is telling us about change, yeah. right? The moon goes through a, a 28 day, give or take a few day cycle. And we have where it is a constant evolution and people in the you know, extreme Northern and extreme Southern hemispheres, they have change, yeah. but yet we don't want to pay attention to it. So how does one learn to love the life they were meant to lead? You have to find joy in suffering. It's the only way. Yeah. But more importantly than that, you have to give back. Mm. And giving back isn't writing a check to your favorite charity. Giving back is, you know, that what you just talked about, that, that individual who gave up the multi-million dollars yeah. to yeah. sit with people in their darkest hour. Mm. And that was, that was my father. You know, he was a grade six dropout. He joined Alcoholics Anonymous. He then would, became disabled. And although my dad really had no education, he became a, an incredible speaker within Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. where he kept sharing his story. Mm -hmm. And because my mom worked and my dad didn't, my dad would take me to AA meetings and I would hear him share his story, but I would hear him, others share their stories. And it is that story when, uh, when my mom died, there's 500 people showed up and they didn't show up because they knew mom. They showed up because they knew dad. Oh, yes. And every story was, you know, your dad saved my life. Wow. Your dad helped me move. Mm 
your dad this, your yeah. dad that. He was a a, a, a giant uh, energy. But really, all he would do is he would sit and listen. And the, where my mom worked, it was right beside the Ottawa General Hospital. I grew up in Ottawa. And, um, you know, when I was in high school and dad didn't need to be home for me during the day, yeah. uh, he would go in. Uh, we lived 20 minutes away from the, the main city. And uh, he would go in and he would uh, volunteer. Mom would drop him off at the hospital. He would volunteer. And then he would wait for mom to get off work and then they'd come home. And uh, one day he was sitting on the bench uh, at the hospital and he would sit at the bench all the time because he had to wait for mom to finish work. And uh, this one fellow sat down beside him and started asking questions and starting engaging in conversation. And and this happened every once in a while. And uh, then the, the person asked him if he'd be interested in coming up to the fourth floor of the Ottawa General Hospital, which was the drug and addiction rehabilitation ward of the hospital. And so dad came up and he would just sit there and he'd have conversations with the people, with the patients. And then they asked him, would you start an AA meeting inside the hospital? And when dad was, uh, when he had surgery for cancer, they honored him for his, you know, 25 years of service to the Ottawa General Hospital and he hated the recognition because he didn't do it for himself yeah right he did it to give back but what I learned in his journey is the world had robbed him of his ability to go out and work and make a difference in his family Mm. life so this was his way of being able to serve the community and gain a sense of self-worth and you know we don't have to have six figures in our bank account we don't have to write the big checks we don't have to go build houses it can be just as simple as sitting on a park bench and listening to a stranger tell us their story and holding them holding that that uh, that energy for them and I've, I've learned along my journey as to to hold their energy, but to also to help them release uh, into the ether and let them know they're not alone. Wow, this is That's how you learn to love the life you were meant to lead. Wow, wow. Lots of lessons in there. So, so much to learn from everything you have said. The humility to serve and make sure that a life is saved and brought onto the right path. That alone gives you um i don't know but anytime i do good i feel fulfilled and i believe a number of people have said this on the podcast that anytime you go out of your way to save a life to do something good for someone you you just feel fulfilled like what your dad was doing for uh, the drug addicts and all of those people i'm sure that that alone gave him fulfillment that was why he didn't want the recognition because that alone was enough you know at the end of the day when you come back home you get this inner peace that nothing could buy like money can buy that it's just your selfless service that will give you that and he was getting that and that alone made him oh i I really like that if you had one wish for this year kevin what would that be and why my wish for this year has been my wish for a number of years, and that is uh, peace, uh, inner peace, world peace, a community peace. We are yeah. such a fractured society, yeah. uh, especially here in Canada. It has definitely been a, you know, um, two sides against yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything has become politicized, and you know, that is the human journey. It's been like that for centuries and centuries, yeah. and I don't necessarily think it's going to change. Hmm. But I, I hope for the future generations that uh, a new leader emerges, a different voice than anything we've had over the last number of years, that unites us as one, as a one being, 
under, you know, uh, this this canopy that is the universe, uh, that there are no differences. The only differences are man-made and man-made in our own minds. There is no, um, there is no reason why we should be one side against another. And that is my daily uh, struggle internally is to ensure that I, uh, if I want peace in the world, I need to be peace. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. My prayer every day for some time now had always been, God, just um, take away anything that won't give me peace, whatever it is. I don't care how value I value that thing in the past or if that thing is not going to give me peace, take it away. I don't need it because as you grow, you know, there's something with growth and I'm beginning to cherish my growth. You know, as you grow, certain things that used to be of importance to you don't become important anymore. And you tend to let off, let go of so many things, especially when you think he's taking away your peace. You don't care to just let go that easily because it's not as important as it used to be before. You can't place value on it and all of that. So that has been my prayer all the time. And like you said, as you are praying for peace, you make sure you yourself are peace. So somebody, you're being, you know, towards somebody, you're very peaceful to the person and you make a peaceful environment. I really like that. In wrapping up, what would your final message be if you have any? No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're carrying, no matter what you're struggling with, you're never alone. And even though you may feel alone, there's always someone out there who may not know exactly what you're going through, but they have been there and they have gone through it and they are waiting for you in the shadows. Yeah. Wow. Someone is out there waiting for you. That's very well said. Would like to say a massive thank you, Kevin, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Sure. It was yeah. an incredible conversation. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it. If you've been listening in, this has been season two, episode 50 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is that you never miss a lifetime opportunity. Until we meet again, have a great day.